Hello, and welcome to the Lisa Congdon Sessions, a podcast for creative folks about living and working with more intention, curiosity, and joy. I'm your host, Lisa Congdon. Hello, friends. Welcome to the season finale of season one of the Lisa Congdon Sessions. This is episode 28, and the focus of today's episode is taking breaks, taking breaks from the things that maybe take over our lives a little bit, why it's important. So a couple years ago, I took a class examining capitalism, and the class had us look at all of the historical underpinnings of our current American capitalist system. And for some context, the instructor of that class was talking about how way back in medieval times, taking time off was built into life for working peasants and farmers. So during plowing and harvesting times, they would toil in the fields, but that season of long days was followed by winter, which included anywhere from two to six months off. And of course, all of this was driven by the lack of light and the weather, but leisure time was considered part of life. Folks were also given time off for weddings and wakes and giving birth and even sporting events. So leisure was valued and honored. And before the light bulb was invented, you couldn't actually work super long days anyway because, well, there wasn't enough light to read or write or toil in the fields. Life was just slower for very practical reasons. And that continued for hundreds of years. And then when the light bulb was invented, things really changed and people started working more because they could. In 1926, Henry Ford implemented the 40-hour work week because he believed that consumers with more free time would buy more products. So this capitalist approach to rest, right? However twisted the reasoning, the 40-hour work week was implemented as a form of regulating respite, not work. And nearly 100 years later, our problem is that many people work more than 40 hours a week. And in the U.S., we have no national vacation policy. Nowadays, most Americans get just eight days off a year. So even in my own lifetime, like 54 years, I have watched work with the dawn of the internet and instant 24-7 communication and access to information. I have watched work become something that humans just do more of. Our productivity and workaholism are badges of honor We are obsessed with work. We are able to work 24-7, so we do. We value the longevity of projects more than we value rest and rejuvenation. And the irony is that rest and rejuvenation are the things that actually increase productivity. The cult of the hustle is not working in our favor. Research study after research study confirms that overworking reduces productivity and performance, And that productivity and performance increase after, guess what? A break, a vacation. The longer the break or the vacation, the better. And I am a person who has admitted freely here on this podcast that I work too much and that I am really working hard on working less, on having strong boundaries and saying no to projects to preserve my own sense of mental health 
and creative juju. So I'm personally experimenting with what it means to take breaks from things. And this summer, I am taking breaks from two things, this podcast and client work. So there are obvious reasons I'm taking breaks. I'm burned out. I crave a life that has fewer deadlines. And the burnout that I feel is really centered around this deadline-driven work. My life is filled with deadlines. And while I'm not sure I can avoid them altogether in my line of work, and I actually am good with deadlines, I'm like very responsive to them, I certainly can take a break from them and think that might be healthy for me. So taking a break allows you to decide, do I miss this thing? Do I want to keep doing this thing? And then to get excited about going back to the thing if indeed you do miss it. And if you don't miss it, it gives you the opportunity to say, do I want to quit this thing? Or can I change this thing to make it feel less hard? In 2020, I took a break for about six months from client work. And while it was amazing, even given the context of the pandemic, I found that I actually missed it at the end of the year. I love client work, and I was especially excited about going back to it after I had taken a break. I always think about that very clear example in my own life. Um, Breaks are magic. I've been thinking lately about things in my life that A, take a lot of time, and B, that I do with a certain amount of gusto and dogged commitment. And I'm thinking about those things because I'm finding myself at this crossroads where I, you know, I, I do a lot of things in my work life. I do a lot of things outside of work. And I'm trying to kind of like nurture downtime and also potentially weed out things that no longer bring me joy or no longer serve me. So in that process, what are the things that A, take a lot of time, and B, that I do with a certain amount of gusto and dogged commitment. Then I broke down my motivations for all of those things, and those motivations fall into about four main categories. First, in many cases, there is some sense of obligation. The quote, I signed up for this thing, and I must see it through, end of quote, right? Like, I feel an obligation to do this thing, even though I don't want to do it anymore. Second, there is often a sense of purpose guiding me, like being of service or being a good boss to my employees or a good listener for my clients, working towards some good in the world. That's another motivation for me. Third, in many areas of my life, I do the thing a lot and with gusto because I love the thing. And so any discipline required or showing up for the thing is easy for me. In fact, sometimes it takes over much of my life. Cycling is a great example. Making art is another, right? Like certain aspects of my career are things that I absolutely love and that's why I do them. And lastly, in some cases, I do things because I know it's going to help me to be more sensitive or healthier or smarter. So things like going to therapy or trying to eat a healthy diet or taking a class on anti-racism, those are all examples of things that I do that are hard but are about improving myself. So when I analyze 
my motivations for the things I do a lot and with a lot of gusto, I identify two things that are problematic. And one is the obvious, you know, this sense of obligation, which is often the reason I do things or the reason I stay in things that I no longer want to do. I do think, and I may differ from a lot of people in this opinion, but I do think that a healthy dose of obligation and commitment in life is appropriate. It keeps us from constantly flaking on and disappointing other people, which is good for our relationships and also our own sense of fulfillment and follow through. In the work context, commitment and obligation are incredibly important. It's important to be reliable. People count on you. So I want to be clear that I think in healthy doses, commitment and obligation serve a purpose. But This is the motivation for doing things that I think rules many of our lives and causes us to say yes when we want to say no and stay in things for way longer than we have any business doing. This motivation is the one that I know now I need to keep in check, the one that I constantly have to do that internal thermometer like, am I saying yes to this or am I staying in this because I've signed up for it and I feel like I need to see it through? or that people are relying on me for it, et cetera. Another dangerous motivation is love. And love is not dangerous in and of itself, a love for a thing or doing a thing. It's it's actually quite a beautiful thing. It's just that when you are like me and you love to do a lot of things, it can be hard to balance all the things you love and make sure you're giving appropriate time to the other really important things in your life. For example, my wife, who is exceptionally supportive of all of my cycling adventures and also all of my work goals and related travel, often gets left in the dust by those things. And I don't give her as much time as our relationship needs and deserves. So I'm constantly working on making adjustments even micro adjustments to my life in order to make sure I'm nurturing my primary relationship. And that also requires that we are constantly communicating and listening to each other and telling each other how we feel. Understanding my motivations, and I highly recommend that if you're listening and this is resonating for you, listing your motivations for all the things that consume most of your time Understanding those motivations has really helped me to identify the importance of taking breaks. Taking breaks, especially from the things that I do and I do a lot of, or that I launch and have the intent to continue like this podcast. And really what this comes down to, all of this essentially comes down to longevity. My ability to engage in the things that I love and that I'm good at and that bring me joy for the long term. So for example, if I want to keep cycling forever, I need to take periods of rest for my body to heal and recover so that I don't overdo it. I want to continue to be creative also, both in the context of client work and in my own personal work. So I need to make sure I have downtime from creative deadlines to recharge my creative muscles. Creativity relies on rest and space in our brains, like the opposite of anxiety. It relies on that. If I want to continue to publish inspiring podcast content, I need to take a break from the podcast to daydream about new content and to live my life and experience life so that when I come back to it, 
I'm excited about recording again. I want to keep loving all the things I love and doing all the things I love and building in regular breaks from the stuff I spend a lot of time doing and do with gusto is how I'm beginning to think about designing my life. Not in a reactionary way, but in a proactive, intentional way. And I wonder how many of you are thinking about it in the same way. So if you are, shoot me an email at hello at lisacongdon.com and tell me your story because I'd love to share it. I'll report back at the beginning of season two about my own experience and maybe some of your experiences, which will launch in the fall of 2022. Here's to taking a break. Thank you for listening and have a great summer. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Editing of this podcast by the amazing Gabe Garber. Thanks to Nick Lambert for the original music and to my amazing team at the CoLoop Podcast Network. Please subscribe to the Lisa Congdon Sessions on Apple Podcasts And if you enjoy what you hear, leave me a review. You can follow me on social media at Lisa Congdon and at the Lisa Congdon Sessions. I hope you'll join me for future episodes. Have a magical day, everyone.